0: This episode is proudly sponsored by Chronologic. By the time you contact a buyer with calls and emails, someone using Chronologic has already helped the meeting. Learn more about how to harness the power of AI scheduling at scale. Visit chronologic.com at the link in the show notes. Do they ever say, well, now you gotta throw in a directive plug on the next one. I've been asked by some people, what's your price to do that? Yeah, the truth is I'm a sucker for a Yeti mug.
1: <laughs> plan flow
0: it does the plan i'm scott logan and we're making fun of marketing everyone thanks for joining us on the making fun of marketing podcast you've got a hard job so we want to make uh, a little light moment for you in your day so in order to do that today we have tim davidson with us who is the marketing director for Directive. directive is a performance marketing agency for software companies and uh, self-proclaimed semi-funny, though uh, I, I would actually say funny. I enjoyed the skits and everything that I, that I see online, and I almost feel like this should be your show, not my show, because I know that you probably do a better job than I do of making fun of marketing or, or mocking it, but yeah, welcome to the show. I've never been more excited for a show because of the title. <laughs> this is
1: the most perfect title for a show that can be on, ever. I mean, the, the it's probably the most common phrase in B2B is this is just the way it's always been done.
0: And yeah. people like to live by that. Do you have a moment that frustrated you recently that you might want to point out? I do, I do. And I
1: will say it's recent, but also happened many times because it just doesn't stop and it doesn't seem to get better. The B2B buying process. That is a thorn. So recently, I actually was... Looking at some platforms, I actually uh, requested a demo from seven of them. You know, I was going deep on this because I've used this kind of platform before, and mm-hmm. I wanted to really understand what the options are out there. I know a lot of people don't I usually do seven, but this is... So this I was, was thinking, made. It, I don't even know that I'd want to evaluate seven. That's a lot of work for yourself. It was especially frustrating. Um, <laughs> but, you know, half of the them didn't even understand what they do, uh, even though I knew they were the platform, I just didn't understand what they do by the, the headline of their website. Four of them had pricing pages. One actually had pricing. Three did not have pricing. They said talk to sales, which, all right, it's kind of a little speed and switch. That's fine. I just kind of looked past it. Uh, but then I did request a demo for all of them. And one of them had a scheduling link because so that was easy. Right, I love the scheduling link. Just look at my calendar, schedule it. Six of them had the classic thank you page. Uh, hey, someone from our team will reach out in 24 to 48 hours something like that and they're always going to email you the problem with that what happened is my company email has a spam blocker and I use something called gated which as you can imagine gates a lot of emails so them trying to get a hold of me to schedule a demo was a nightmare because they were getting gated or under the spam blocker Uh, so one actually didn't even reach back out but it was it was like a nightmare trying to get all these scheduled. Like, it And then it gets worse. So I actually had the demos, right? Um, I'm not, I, I don't work at Microsoft. I don't have a VP title. I don't have a, you know, a CXO title. But I'm, I do have a director title. I would assume I had some buying power. But most of them still gave me, like, the, the SDR qualifying call. They were asking the questions. The decision maker... Yeah, you know, and some of them I get for personalization, and actually one of them did have a very personalized demo. The others, it was not that personalized. It was just,
0: yeah. they were qualifying. Let's Logo on the first slide, if that.
1: Yeah, you know, and then also dishing out the, uh, you know, we're in the Garter Report, GT Grid, which is, you know, you're
0: like, that's why I fill out the form. I don't need to know that again. again.
1: But, I mean, by that time, it's three weeks in. I need this platform two yeah. weeks
0: ago. Right, yep. like...
1: And then some didn't give me pricing in the second call, which that blew my mind, where others did. And, you know, to be fair, one of them, they had
0: to do, like, custom pricing. The others could have gave me a ballpark. Whenever someone won't give me a ballpark, I literally just say, Okay, should I assume it's $100 a month? Or should I assume it's $1 million a month and we'll just cancel all future calls from this time out? You can give me a ballpark. You know what the ballpark is. Well, it depends. You know, usually at that point, they'll they'll like give you something, you know, yeah. like give or take 20,000 from 30 because I'm an SDR or an AE, they, they damn well do know, and they can give you more accurate ballpark. There's no way they don't know because they're calculating their commission as they're having that conversation with you. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. It's just,
1: I know it's crazy how hard it is sometimes to buy something.
0: B2B. All right. I'm going to challenge you on this. Okay. If you just want a demo, you told me that you didn't really, you were frustrated by the qualification component of it. Should the SDRs even get the demo requests? Just straight to the AE? From a buyer's perspective, go right to the AE.
1: And you can, you know, use a scheduling link or something that has the uh, lead routing. So, like, they saw a director and employee because, you know, everyone conceive the employee size even if you ask it that you direct me to the AE that said I do know from the seller part sometimes volume could be an issue so you do need to
0: play the game and figure out how to best route it somehow if you're the AE assigned or you're the SDR assigned and it's a demo request and you don't have a scheduling link there or even if you do but you see that it was abandoned just send them the invite and propose a time one to two days in the future. They clearly want that meeting. They probably want it soon. Like you said, you're delaying your purchasing cycle because of having enough meetings on their schedule. And so just put it out there. They'll tell you if it works or not. And we're seeing that you know far more, like three-fourths of the time, the meeting that you send them, they'll, they'll make it work, especially in a demo request scenario. Actually, that's that, that's the funny thing. Cause I, if I mentioned, the six they were going getting spam
1: blocked and gated. They just sent me something on my calendar. I would have thought it, it would have been a lot easier for me to go in there and say, oh, "All right, you know, this time works or doesn't." If it didn't work, yep.
0: there's an option in Gmail. It says email them. It's very easy. Going back to your scenario of I'd rather have it go to straight to the AE, but there are some scenarios where maybe the SDR does need to take a call because of volume or maybe to know which team it goes to or their routing isn't sophisticated enough or their routing is just changing all the time and you can't keep up on your you know, lean data or Salesforce routing tools or whatever you use for that. Um, how much qualification should the SDR do and should they even be able to close like the small deals if your solution has a smaller solution or should it strictly stay qualification? I mean for the qualification, obviously it depends on what your platform does right like if it's just
1: qualification or if it's like personal like the actual personalization um, whether it's you know they talk to agencies versus like MarTech type vendors um, but I, I would imagine it doesn't take take too long right also you can look on my LinkedIn profile you can see directive we're a marketing agency you know Do you marketing lot.
0: agencies is that yeah. the right persona is Tim the right persona yeah
1: Right, like you, you, should know, like if, if you have different AEs for fintech and industrial, the profiles on LinkedIn, you could pretty much tell by their website. Um, but one thing I did notice, uh, this was like sometime last year, but I had I was buying their platform. One on the first call it was an SDR. They they asked their questions, but like ten minutes in, someone else hopped into the call. It was an hey. AE. And what they were doing, and I figured out on the back end, is the SDR was asking the questions, qualifying me. Must have been slacking the AE that had a free time open and said, all right, this guy's good to go. Here's my notes. AE hopped on.
0: SDR hopped off. I got everything I needed in the same call. Wow. I like that. So they were empowering their SDRs to say, hey, if you have one, to hell with booking the next meeting for that rep. If they're free... That rep wants to talk to them now. Just go do it. Yep. I loved it. I thought it was great. I won't put words in your mouth. It seems like you felt like that was a better experience than just an SDR qualifying and setting up a new call. Oh, 100%. I mean, think yeah. about how much time it saved me. Yeah, exactly. And now you were done. And, and maybe you even were under the 30 minutes if they were to hand it off fast enough.
1: Yep. It was all the time I needed. I got everything I needed. It was perfect. It was like... I think some of it was probably... I went into it frustrated knowing it was an SDR comp.
0: Yeah. And then that was kind of there was yeah. like the little, little surprise. But whatever, it works. Okay. This made me think of a bonus segment. I don't even have segments in this show, but we're going to make like a segment. Like creepy, that. not creepy. Okay? <laughs> you go to someone's website and you get a proactive chat to you that says, hey, Tim... I see you're on the pricing page. Blah, 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 blah. And is a live person, not a bot. Creepy, not creepy. I'm a marketer, so I don't think it's creepy because I
1: understand how that works. Yeah. I can see other people thinking it's creepy or weird.
0: Yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm in that same boat. Well, six years ago, I bought one of the more advanced uh, and now very popular chat tools that are out there. And they showcased that to me in a demo. And then I went to their website later on, like, I don't know, a few days later when we had to start making a decision. I was head of demand gen at the time. And uh, I went to the site and the AE and the director that were on my call within about 30 seconds of me being on the site, both popped in and said, Hey, this is Bob and Susan. We're just making sure that you had all your questions answered from our meeting on the, on last Thursday. And I said, okay, I'm buying this thing. This is fucking cool. (laughs) Like I'm just going to do this. This I've never seen something like that before. And that was when that was first coming out. Right. And those best practices, like we were just trying to figure out like workflows and, and how do you do a good FAQ? And then this just blew my mind. I was like, okay, so yeah, maybe like we're skewed. Right. So not creepy to us. Now, any quick question.
1: Say the data was wrong. Yeah. they, they said hey Tom. But cuz cuz their data
0: was wrong. Yeah. Are you like turned off by that? I would assume so, but yeah, I mean, I I would no longer buy based yeah. on that, and in a sales cycle, I would call them out repeatedly. How did this happen? Why did that happen? What was it what was wrong about the data? How are you finding IPs? Who are you cooking? How are you cooking? Like I'd start getting into the details that would start to break apart the sale just because I'm more nosy around the technical side of how things work. I think some people may just be turned off automatically.
1: Now, so that was actually a bad example because you're trying to buy that product. Yeah, it is. If the yeah. thing is wrong, the data is wrong. But I think I would say from, just because I don't understand how it works, like sometimes if you're looking at a LinkedIn profile and they have two current spots, I've seen it where they'll say, like, you know, my name's fine, but then they'll say, let's just say, uh, because I have member at Pavilion. They'll say, hey, Tim from Pavilion. And I'll be like, oh, okay.
0: You were right, but it wasn't right. Like it's so that croaked me off every time. Yeah. And it's one of my past companies. I'm like, you couldn't take two seconds yeah. to look at my LinkedIn profile and just know, hey, there's just a day, there's like a four year lag in your data. I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot. I'm not saying do 10 minutes of research for every call, but look at their LinkedIn profile before you call. What is the thing that you built at Directive that you're most proud of? It's very selfish, uh,
1: because, but it's been built into Directive, which is, which is really cool. But my personal brand, like yeah. the, the content I put out, it's been able to evolve into how we directive how we advertise our messaging all those things so it's very interesting I, I'm very proud of that because it's different it's creative it, there's a comedic flair to it yeah you know, and it's very I like it obviously because I like to be more comedic but also it's just interesting to see
0: you know all the people we talk to they, they, laugh. they you know they're serious but they, they laugh I was wondering if that was going to be it because I think a lot of folks are worried about I know I am worried about two things one Work is going to be like, okay, cool, got a following, but your job's over here. If I'm looking at it from an outsider's perspective, it's like 90% of this uh, person's day is social media, and uh, the other thing I worry about, besides that perception of, is we're going to get upset, even if they don't say anything, um, talking about the interesting things, I'm like, I could talk about this. But am I going to alienate someone or make some it, mistake that is going to, like, raise an eyebrow? I got a story about that, but I want to hear your opinion here first. I, I will say I, I'm lucky in terms of my
1: leadership. They invest in it and time and resources into my personal brain uh, because, you know, it does bring back revenue to them as well. So it's like... Was it like a plan with them? I like to do a thing that my own uh, to start just because I, I want to figure them out. And then I can kind of scale it or, or figure out, like, the best way to do it. Uh, this was on my own. Uh, this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. I have a track record of starting per month and stopping. Yeah. And then I stuck with it. it was, yeah, it was one thing I just started on my own, and the traction just, just came. And now it's really hard to get other
0: people to do it on my team, which is very frustrating. I found that, but too. Even just a post. Like, hey, yeah. we're posting about this cool thing. Even if it's not super salesy, they're like, "Ah." Eh. Baby. Yeah, you know it's it's tough. I've talked to a lot of people about it too. It's like
1: you got to want it. Like internally, you have to want it to do it. You can't just like you can't send five people. You can't
0: force them. They won't do it right. They just won't. Do they ever say, "Well, now you got to throw in a directive plug on the next one"? It's got to be like a directive thing because you'd never do that. I yeah. That, so that's that's a good point. I'd never do it. Um, that dealt with my shtick.
1: I, I, I try to. I'm playing the long game here. Um, no, they don't. They don't. I've been asked by some people not leadership but other people about some other stuff
0: um, and all the have. what's your price to do that everyone, everyone's everyone got a price 50 grand I, and you'd say I'll do a plug that's fine yeah the truth is I'm a sucker for a Yeti mug
1: <laughs> low? it does plan. Depend. it depends on what the post is too. Like, or or is it something that's even aligned like that's I don't know much I just know
0: marketing marketers yeah like, i think like, with cyber security or anything like that would be a mess yeah yeah nice you even did a post recently that said be controversial well is that going to get you in trouble or not i didn't mean to go coldly upset that uh i meant you know just go against the grain a
1: little bit i think it was more making fun of people on linkedin where and i do it too all the time but like you just agree with the post oh yeah. nice job that's that's cool you know i agree I think there's uh, a lot of value in actually just saying no. I, I think you're wrong, and
0: you know here's why, or showing different data. Yeah. Have you ever had like uh, a backlash of people saying how inappropriate of you? I've never had that. Okay. I I've,
1: I've never had that. Maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe I do need to. I'm pushing you yourself real, enough what? that people aren't, if some yeah. people aren't getting pissed off at you, right? I've never really got any bad, bad like real bad comments. I mean, I'm I've had some things where. I've said something about the B2B buying process and you get one side that's like, yeah, you're right. And then you get one side that's like, you're wrong, but it's still like healthy conversation. I've never had anything
0: inappropriate, luckily. Well, we focused on the B2B buying cycle today and we talked about a lot of the don'ts and the do is make it easy to schedule a meeting with someone basically. Don't put a lot of friction in between with trying to get a hold of someone to then book a meeting to then get a hold of someone to then book a meeting and have those two layers of qualifiers and make pricing easy but outside of those two things what would you say would like round it out as a third or fourth thing to do in that first stage of the b2b buying process just to create a better buying experience people don't talk about that it's hard to actually sell and get copied to be downloaded on the buying experience people just want it easier for the sellers but what would you say are one or two more things to round it out? I think one thing, and it says, I think it's a very small thing, but it,
1: I, I could feel it on that first call is when they actually they they really did the research. They came hey. to the call, did the research. Um, I had one call where someone found a podcast I was on, listened to it, and like pointed out in a couple of times a like, point of views I've had. Uh, they looked at my content, they looked at directive, and they had some information. That you'd have to, like, I knew they spent the time to look for and put together. It just made, it gave me a better feeling,
0: even though it was still a qualifying call. Nice. Did you take the second call? Yes. You did take the second call. Okay. Now the kicker, if someone wrote it just using ChatGPT, would you be able to tell? And would you still take the second call?
1: (laughs) If you could tell. That's a a good question, because... They might have. Yeah? I don't know. If it was that good,
0: I they might have. I don't know. That might be a hack. Thanks, everyone else, for joining us for Making Fun of Marketing. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hopefully, this was a bright spot in your day. You can go ahead and listen to more episodes at chronologic.com forward slash podcast. And give us a five-star review and subscribe if you just want to hear more and get a bet to yeah. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone.